0: Yo, yo. What's going on, brother?
1: Not much, man. Gearing up for the move. I have all my shit packed away. So, nice, nice. Where are you uh, moving to? Uh, into the city. So I live in like a smaller place called Lubeck now, which is mm-hmm. where the headquarters is. But uh, the office that I actually work at is in Hamburg, so like in the city. So I'm moving like about, it's like a 50-minute train ride to commute. So I'll be like 20 minutes away from work once I move.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's uh, much better, especially for the home office and commuting and stuff like that. You're just closer to everyone and bigger city
0: and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. No, that's something that'll be a good positive change for you. Cause yeah. That sucks having to commute for almost an hour.
1: Every fucking day. So it's 50 <laughs> minutes there, 50 minutes back, plus walking time.
0: It's like,
1: yeah, it's like two time. hours yeah, of your life.
0: So yeah, just gone. Yeah, Two hours a day that you lose. That sucks. The
1: the mornings aren't that bad.
0: Like uh,
1: like waking up early and getting there isn't the problem. It's like when you have to work like later, like seven or whatever. But then you have to time the train, and by the time you get back home, it's fucking nine o'clock, and you're just dead.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I was briefly doing that because I worked in a gym in downtown Boston. Yeah. On Newberry Street, and that sucked. Yeah. You know, I would have to switch like two trains, it took, it would always take at minimum 45 minutes, no matter what I did, yeah,
1: <laughs> Just not. absolutely miserable, dude, but, uh, fucking fights this weekend were absolutely nuts,
0: they were, no, I, was, I was so happy,
1: everything was, was yeah. nasty,
0: yeah, I saw my tie to a Vasa pick was, was pretty, uh, pretty tight, which I, I that one, I, yeah, I was I was hoping to be wrong because I like Stefan Struve, and I know yeah. he's had such a hard go of it. Yeah. But, unfortunately, like, I feel like he's always struggled with those just, like, hard-nosed, hard-punching, gritty guys.
1: Yeah, I just yeah. found it so weird that, like, the past couple of fights, like, this losing skid that Tai Tuivasa was on were all guys that he should have beaten besides, like, maybe Junior DeSantos, who also, at this point, should have been a guy that he should have beaten, right? So, uh, yeah. Uh, so for me, it was just hard to to not pick Stefan Struve because he's the veteran, and we've seen him get hurt and come back and and mm. beat guys like like Ty Tuvasa. But I was happy to see Ty win.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, you know, Ty's a good worker. He's a, you know good, good competitor. So it is good to see him get W's. But it would have been nice to see Struve grow out on a win on a win because I'm assuming this was his last fight. Yeah, like I feel like it almost has to be.
1: I I actually have a a video of me doing a shoey with uh, Tyson Pedro in Singapore with with Tai Tuivasa's shoes. That's awesome. (laughs) And then I also met Tai Tuivasa the same night because I had some VIP tickets to the UFC event. Uh, So I Uh had free entrance to the after party in Clark Key. So I strolled in and I met uh, OSP. I met uh, Tai Tuivasa. I met a bunch of other guys that were on the card that night. So uh yeah I've got, do, I've got to do a shoey with that man and he's he's a crazy
0: motherfucker. So what's it like doing a shoey? Like it seems like that would be gross.
1: Yeah, it's disgusting. So uh I read, like I pulled my shoe off. I so I saw him. So there was a ploy. There was a whole plan behind it, right? Like I'm not just going to walk up and ask him. I have to kind of like back him back him into a corner so that he has to do it. So I saw him and I was like, "All right, Time to shine. So I walked to the bar, ordered two beers, walked up to Tai Tui and Tyson Page and I said, listen, um, fill your fucking shoes up, boys. It's time to do a shoey." And they were just like, hell yeah. They just popped their shoes (laughs) off. They spit in the shoe. They spit in the shoe, filled the shoe up and then I was sitting there with my Vans in my hand filled with fucking beer and we
0: did a fucking shoey, dude.
1: I'll show you the video at some point.
0: Oh my God, (laughs) that sounds disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I know where my feet have been. I don't want to drink out of this. <laughs> at that point? At that point? Like, who the fuck? Comes, like, who comes up with that idea? I
1: would never do <laughs> it with, like, a stranger. I would never just do it to do it. But, I mean, if, if I two mean,
0: I you two are, yeah. I did do it with a stranger. You just know his name. Yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, it's his, it's his thing. It's his shtick, right? Like, you have that, to... That, you is true, know, that is true. That is true. That so. is... Well, what, what, isn't that, like, a, a big cultural piece in, in New Zealand? It's a Zealand? rugby thing.
1: It's a rugby thing. oh okay all right and they're both all like massive rugby fans obviously being from new zealand it's like the only sport that they're good at besides fighting i guess so
0: So so I now feel less bad about calling it gross if it's just a rugby thing.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's just a rugby thing. I mean, I played rugby in in college, and they also did some nasty shit, which didn't involve beer. It just involved like, everything but beer, and it was pretty disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, shooting the boot is what it was called, and we'll just leave it at that. If if you know, you know, and if you don't know, you don't want to find out. (laughs) But uh, other than that – Pumped to see Ty get the W. Um, did you ever manage to watch the uh, the Magomed and Goliath fight? No, T- no, unfortunately,
0: I, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to go back and watch the rest of the card, and I started watching right when that fight was finishing.
1: He fucking starched him, bro. It was like, uh, okay, so the first fight, I mean, you could arguably say it was an early stoppage, which it was. It was a shitty stoppage. Uh, he put Eon's lights out, bro. He just, like, mm. caught him with a straight right, banged at him with a big left hand, dropped him, and just like vicious ground and pound until he was actually out cold. Like 100% out cold.
0: Damn.
1: Gnarly fight. Lauren Murphy looked really good too. Uh, I didn't know who her opponent is. She was supposed to be fighting Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think she's the team alpha male protege, but uh, she had to drop out of the fight, so she fought Lilia Shakarova. No name girl for me, but Lauren Murphy looked good. I thought the the overall fluidity of the the finish was was pretty nasty.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, she looked good standing. Like I thought she was in control the whole fight. I know you could tell she was pumped to finally get that submission win, so that was so you know, it's hard not to feel good for her there. And then she cut a decent promo at the end of it.
1: She did, and I think so. that she has a good point right. I mean, a lot of these women's divisions, like, you don't see a lot of streaks, to be fair. Like, it's usually, like, one, two big wins, and then they kind of throw you in the mix for a title shot. So, Lauren Murphy riding four wins in a row and two finishes. And, I mean, for a women's division, like, no offense, uh, I guess it's uh, it should put you kind of in the the talks for a title fight.
0: Yeah, my guess would be that she, she'll be the um, the next one after that, that one coming up.
1: I think it's Jennifer Maya versus Valentina Shevchenko at Flyway, right? Uh Yeah. On an unrelated note, like nobody beats Shevchenko in this division. Have fun getting knocked out in your title fight. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind
0: of hard not to view it like. that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but in a like, like we talked about before, like the drop off. Yeah. Between you know, and really, in, in virtually all these divisions, I feel like one fifteen is the most competitive. Yeah. Where you, where you have um,
1: Rose Joanna you know, Wiley, Wiley
0: yeah. Zhang Rose oh, yeah. Joanna exactly and um. Yeah, and so but like like so that's like the closest like a real division, but then at one twenty five you have Valentina and everybody else at one thirty five, one forty five. You got to think about it. Everybody, the
1: hardest fight that Valentina had at one twenty five was Joanna when she moved up to fight for the title, and it wasn't even like it was that hard of a fight. Like she still, like obviously had won like over the course of five rounds. So I think that division was kind of tailored for her to be the champion because she couldn't win at one thirty five, and obviously she can't. She's not big enough for 45. And with uh, Amanda yep. Nunes there, there was no fucking way that she was going to win. So uh, I think they kind of made 125 for her, make it a little more Absolutely. diverse. I think it's the division with the least amount of depth for sure, as far as the women's divisions are concerned.
0: I, I I agree. and um, But that said, Valentina herself is very popular. Yeah. And so, like, she is enough for people to tune in. Absolutely. You know what and I mean? She's Both, sick. Like, most fighters. Yes, most fighters. It's you need them, and they need a good opponent too. Yeah, you know, but there are a few that can sell them on just them. So like Amanda Nunez is one of them. Valentina is one of them, and then obviously in the men's division we have, like you know Conor. No matter who he's fighting, people are going to tune in. Exactly. And they're no matter you know, what the weight class, right? <laughs> exactly. 50, like, yeah, 50, 70, I, Yeah. what <laughs> I think I heard that him and Poirier is still at seventy, which is like what? Why? It's like at that point you just so is his career just now going to be making lightweight fights at
1: 170? Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, regardless, I guess it just – if both of them were to fight at – whether it's 45 or 70, like the guys have already fought each other before. And, like, I guess you get to see them walking around a more, like, natural weight and it kind of just oh, and that show you who the better fighter is in essence. But, I mean, in terms of moving forward with 155, like, yeah, it makes no sense at
0: all. Oh, exactly. I mean I like, think I mean I kinda of get the urge. Like I've I've actually had a couple fights where I where me and my opponent would be like, Why just say fuck cutting weight and do this at one seventy?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? But like um,
1: in terms but of the that division said, that I, makes no it, sense. It,
0: it, exactly. Especially too when like if this were at one fifty five, it wouldn't surprise me with Khabib's retirement if this was for the vacant belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um but we'll we'll kinda of see how that goes. Makes My sense. guess will be though it'll be it'll be the winner versus Gaethje for the for the vacant title.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um I guess the fight after that, the uh, the Phil Haas fight against Jacob Malcoon. I don't know Malcoon, I just know he's a t- teammate of uh Robert Whittaker. Uh Phil Haas mm-hmm. coming off the contender series. That was nasty, bro. Less than twenty seconds and uh
0: Absolutely
1: freaking, and, Absolutely nasty.
0: And- And I have to wonder if it was just way too soon for Malkuna and if he was just brought in because he's friends with Robert Whitaker. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he's very talented, but four and oh, like four fights, that's not a lot to build your experience. It's uh, like Junior Tafa.
1: Like Junior Tafa when he came in against uh, Jorgen, essentially, right? Like three and oh, or something like that. And just because it's in Melbourne, essentially, and uh, he's a teammate of uh, Whitaker's, or uh, no, he's a teammate of uh, Izzy. Came on the card to yep. fight, and all of a sudden, you know, you get, you get beat like that. So uh, I always find it like a weird, like, play that the UFC does this sometimes on the main cards. Because there was obviously <laughs> fights on the undercard that could have been on the main event slots that more people would have tuned in and watched, essentially. Like, the Casey Kennedy yep. fight was really good. Like, that could have easily been on the main card because those guys are, I think, both top ten in their division. So
0: Exactly. Well, and it, well it was weird because obviously, like, this fight wasn't even in Australia yeah, like because then i can sort of get it like the ufc has a long history of doing that like i know when um when like tom egan who's now a local guy around here in the boston area yeah like he had a fight in the ufc he's from ireland he was one of connor's old uh teammates yeah but they were um the ufc was doing their first show in ireland they were like hey we 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 want a guy and so tom egan was the one they brought up yeah. and, but i think he only had a few fights at that time and yeah just, and while he's a very talented guy. He just even wasn't ready.
1: Yeah, sure, fair enough. They're just kind of—I mean—and if the UFC calls, like, you're never going to say no. You might as well go in and uh, and shoot your shot, right? But uh, it didn't exactly. work out for him this time around. Phil Haas, literally—I mean, that guy's got some fucking power, dude. Like,
0: when the when the issue is now going to arise, yeah. like, it's like so. If you're not so if you're not ready for the UFC yet, then now nobody's going to fight you because you're still a UFC veteran. Exactly. You know, and so assuming things work in Australia like they work around here yeah. in the U.S., yeah. generally when you go up to that level, it is super hard. Everyone's ducking you at that the- point,
1: right? Tomato yep. cans. Right? Yeah, guys just looking for quick exactly. money, right? They're just like uh, they're ten and ten and go in there and they're yeah. just looking for cash and. Yeah,
0: and even even then, it's tough to find those guys these days. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough, know? dude. Everyone's that's trying to that's that's pad that's their that's
1: records and and get get yep. some 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 big numbers behind those O's that they have, you know, like no losses and just patent records to get to the UFC. But. Oh,
0: oh, absolutely. It's tough. to I mean, it's so much tougher to match make on the regional level. Now that everybody kind of gets how the game is played and everybody wants to win.
1: Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It's been very frustrating. I'd say over the years to see how many times you see like matchups set up and then like four days before the event starts, like the, one of the guys just decides to pull out for some bullshit reason, and the fight never happens, and yep. I feel like this is like a regular occurrence, and then you swap to another fighter and then you show up and then he doesn't make weight and then it's all this bullshit and the, the regional circuit I can understand how difficult it is to really oh yeah oh it could be a complete circuit
0: yeah, so I mean hopefully the UFC gives him another shot and maybe it turns out to be a little better yeah or um or they give him like a shot on the contender series or something like that but um. I'm but sure yeah, but he might be, fight.
1: I'm sure they'll give him another yeah. fight somewhere. I mean, at that point, like one and zero, like uh, zero and one in the UFC. Sorry, and you're four and zero going in. Like, there, there might still be some like potential for you <laughs> down the line.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, a lot of times they'll still at least give you a second fight.
1: Yeah, absolutely, but regardless, the I was kind of perplexed by that right hand he landed up against the cage, dude, like, kind of, he kind of, like, anticipated that Malkun would duck, because the way his, like, arm kind of, like, angled into it, like, mm-hmm. almost like he kind of, like, shifted, like, he threw the punch and shifted it mid-punch, so he could land it up against uh, the cage, and after that, it was just clockwork, so, big win for a guy in a main card, can't, uh, can't knock that guy too much, Um I think both our predictions were wrong on the Harris fight. Volkov actually looked yep. pretty
0: good. Yeah, well, Volkov looked awesome. I um, You know, I, w- I wanted Harris to win, even though I like Volkov. Just yeah. like, I know obviously he's had a couple of years from hell. And so, you know, would have liked to see him get a W. Yeah. But he and he's also now, I want to say, 13 and 11 you know, like he has like a dangerously close to 500 records. I yeah. wonder if the UFC will even, you know, if they make, if they want to keep it at this point. Cause like now he's on a losing streak. He's, yeah. He has a record close tough. to 500. With you. I don't think, I, I, oh, I, oh, I hope you're right. But like, I, I do think he needed to win this fight.
1: 100%. But I mean, it happens. And, uh, I'm sure we'll see him come back, but regardless, like Volkov kind of – I don't know how serious those takedown attempts were in the fight because I saw him kind of go for a couple of them, but it didn't really seem like he was really like like driving as much as he could, which I think would have been the game changer in the fight. I think standing up with Volkov, no matter who you are, is always like a, not a, the smartest decision you can make because he is a very talented kickboxer.
0: And he's very long.
1: Yeah, I didn't expect the, the body kick – the body kick yeah. to, to really hurt that much, but after watching the replay, yeah. dude, it's like hit him right there in the gut. And...
0: Oh yeah, well that TP ended up um, dropping him with is beautiful. Yeah, but I but I also yeah. think too. I mean, yeah, the the shots that Harris was going for didn't have a whole lot. The takedowns didn't have a whole lot yeah. on them. But I also wonder if that was a him just trying to like fake it and then start throwing strikes, but, or if it was simply that he just waited till he was too beat up and tired to really get anything on it.
1: I think that would might see that. yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I'm inclined to believe too. You know what I mean? Rather than um, him just sort of like trying to sell the shot to then land strikes. I think it was probably at that point he knew he wasn't going to win standing and he needed to change the trajectory of the fight. But wow. I, I think it was too little too late.
1: Hundred percent. Volkov looked motivated. You could see it from the walk in, and you could see it uh, the pre-fight stare down. Like he looked like he was ready to uh, to go in there and, and fight his ass off. And even the the strikes, like the the head strikes he was landing, like that straight right hand that he ro- wobbled him with, and stuff like that. It seemed like he was uh, was in his groove. So I mean, a Volkov like that is always dangerous. We saw what he did to Verdum, and yeah. Sorry, Volkov. have they- picked picture. <laughs> But uh, the Whitaker fight kind of went out as I thought it would. It would go. I mean, Cannoneer is like very powerful and has really good leg kicks. But I think Whitaker is just like the quicker fighter, the more natural 185er. He has more weapons, and uh, we just saw it over the course of three rounds. I thought he he dominated every single. R- okay, maybe not dominated every single round, but uh, the first two were definitely his, and the third one was like a landslide.
0: Oh yeah, he still like I mean yeah dominated. The strong word. They still clearly won those rounds. Those yeah, rounds. exactly. I mean, like, honestly, I, I was amazed that they had it 29-28.
1: Yeah, I didn't see a round. I, I thought it was a clear 30-27. Maybe you could have given uh, Cannoneer the first round, I guess, just from, yeah. like, the the leg kicks and stuff like that. Because, uh, I mean, you could see the damage. But as far as, like, head strikes are concerned and actual damage uh, over the course of the fight, like, I, I personally would have given it 30-27 to win. Oh,
0: me Me too, but honestly, I do have to wonder the judging ability of that night, because like, not to jump ahead, but there were, but Gaichi was actually given round one of that, of the fight with that Khabib.
1: I disagree got out.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, but two judges gave gave it to him, and so it's like, so if it went to the scorecards, he'd win (laughs) from there, where it's like he got outstruck, he was backing up the whole time,
1: and he got taken
0: down. down. (laughs) You know, it's like, what the hell?
1: Yeah, insane. I thought the officiating really good. We saw some kind of no-name referees in there, uh, some guys that I've only seen on like this Fight Island card, so uh, props to them. I didn't really see any controversial uh, stoppages. I thought they let I mean, the fights go Her- on as well as they could.
0: I mean, Herzog did seem pretty willing to let um, Gaethje get strangled to death, but... Like, yeah, know, it happens, yeah. He- uh... <laughs> well, Gaethje, like, clearly tapped like 12 times. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Hit the i was like well whatever if you yeah, dies, dies. I, mean, yeah. I mean but in this case
1: yeah in the in the third round when whitaker landed like uh i mean i thought whitaker he has some of the most like uh, well-timed head kicks not just mm-hmm. that middleweight but probably in the entire ufc the way he kind of just like uh like whips them in you know uh and yeah. the different angles that he can catch you with those at and how many people we've seen him land those head kicks on i thought that Uh, after that head kick happened and Kandenir was doing the funky chicken and he uh, kind of pushed him up against the fence and he face planted, I could have seen like a, like an early stoppage there, you know, where he started landing the punches to the side of his head, but referee let the fight go on longer. And I thought that was the right call. So otherwise, um, yeah, Whitaker, I think clearly won that fight. 30, 27 in my eyes. Candoneer obviously a very valiant effort, but what can you say? Indeed. Main event, dude, was – I, I didn't expect Khabib to look so dominant. I thought he would still win in the later mm-hmm. rounds. I thought this is how the fight would have ended, like in rounds four or five. Yeah. So the, the fact that – I mean, I guess just the most underrated part about Khabib's game is definitely his hands and his chin because everyone's always mm-hmm. kind of so suspect that since he's never really been clearly hit and rocked that bad before, like, it's it's hard to judge. It was like the whole Jones kind of paradox where he's never been really hit that clean before, so it's kind of hard to judge what he would look like in a gunfight, but Khabib was in Gaethje's face, did not let him judge the distance at all, was peppering him with jabs. I mean, the leg kicks look good from Gaethje's side, but overall, I actually thought that in round one, Khabib was winning the exchanges on the
0: feet. Oh, and he he was we spell the numbers. I think um I think the mistake that people make is they assume because a guy likes to win a certain way that means he can't win other ways. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like yes, Khabib likes to win with his wrestling. That doesn't mean he can't strike. He just generally chooses not to.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, but yeah, I mean, I thought he looked really good. I mean, the only argument I could maybe give for why they would give the round to Gaethje was um. You know, he was kind of turning Khabib around on those low kicks. So, Like, you know, they were both, like, kind of like flopping around a lot. Like, they were yeah. very, like, all over the place. Like, it was actually like an ugly round. Like, yeah, nothing but I think that's what Khabib audible.
1: wanted the fight to be
0: like. Oh, absolutely. He was, he was, um, he made it a dirty, gritty fight. And that's what Khabib's going to win. If he yeah. stayed on the outside against Gaethje, yeah. like he's what Ferguson
1: did, up. essentially, he's going to get pissed up. Yeah. He,
0: exactly. I mean, like, that's the absolute worst way to fight Gaethje, yeah. because Gaethje has devastating low kicks and yeah. great power. And so, yeah, Khabib kept that pressure going the whole time, and, and, and Gaethje was very aware that he couldn't let Khabib get too close, so I mean, there were a couple points where he was almost outright jogging away,
1: Yeah.
0: you uh, know? But like, yeah, he just, you know, once it became a grappling match, Gaethje just had nothing for Khabib.
1: And that was actually the most surprising thing to me was, okay, I, th- I knew that Khabib was going to land the takedowns. Regardless of how great Gaethje yeah. is as a wrestler, I knew Khabib was going to land the takedowns uh, like he does with everybody. I don't think there's a single fight yeah. in his fucking career where he hasn't taken the guy down to the ground. And I guess that's... I don't care if you're Justin Gaethje or Conor McGregor or any of these guys that he was fighting. He's gonna take you down to the ground and he's gonna beat the shit out of you. I was just so surprised at yeah, how how much control he had over Gaethje on the ground. Gaethje looked like a baby dude in in Khabib's arms essentially.
0: Oh, he did. Well, and honestly, what the big the surprise, most surprising thing to me was that Khabib didn't do any grounded and pound. That's like what he's famous for. And he just was with at the ground. He, he was like super aggressive with his submission. So he must have just had it in his head that that was how he wanted to win and how he knew he could win, and that was what he was going for. Because I've never seen him just immediately start spamming subs. And I've never seen him go for the more, like, like traditional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the traditional BJJ stuff. Yeah, because, like, I know in the first round, he went for that armbar, then quickly transitioned into a bicep crush. Yeah. Then he, um. And then he went for the triangle for mount, which is, which is usually crazy. like
1: crazy. You have
0: to—that's a game. Well, yeah, oh, oh, exactly. That's a bit of—that's almost a faux pas in MMA because like yeah. you don't give up your position for that. You exactly. know, because if because if it goes the wrong, if it doesn't go your way, if for whatever reason you don't get it, then you're probably at a really bad place. And like, Gaethje's not the guy you want on top of you raining down punches. But Khabib did it textbook. It got super deep, super quick. He scooped under the leg. He did everything right. That was perfect.
1: Put him out cold. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I guess what we found out at the post-fight presser that makes the fight look even more impressive was that he had the mumps his first week of training camp. So he was out for two weeks sick. With the mumps. Dude, oh, really? I missed that. That's yeah.
0: wild.
1: So he had the mumps, dude. His first two uh, weeks of training camp, and then uh, three weeks before uh, the fight happened, he had broken two of his toes in and in a piece of bone in his foot. Oh wow! And he never talked about it. His coaches, coach like Javier Mendez, had to mention it afterwards. Just I think more of just like a uh, the cherry on top of the victory, like to show you know everyone kind of said that. Khabib didn't look the way he normally does, especially with, like, the heavy breathing in the walkout and his attitude during fight week and, and the weight cut, which is obviously a bit debatable. A lot of guys are kind of debating whether or not Khabib had actually made weight, but, I mean, regardless, all said and done, he won that fight fair and square, and and he does what a fighter's supposed to do, right? Like, uh, like a true fighter, essentially. I mean, d- doesn't have his dad in his corner. Uh, went out there, obviously, extremely motivated and and he fucked up.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he, and honestly, like in, in some ways, I thought that was that was one of the most dominant performances he's ever given.
1: It was. I think you know it right? was the most uh, next to the Michael Johnson fight. Uh, out of sheer like damage, I would say, like like really punishing punishing someone over the course of like many rounds. This was probably his most dominant clean performance, you could say.
0: Yeah, well, because yeah, he also generally, you know, and I, I, I'd have to like go look at his record, yeah. But I don't, I don't ever really remember him putting away people quickly. No. Like he'll usually get a finish, but it'll be like in the third round or the fourth or something like that.
1: Early on in and his now, career, he had, had those fights against, I think it was Kamal Shalorus and Tiago Tavares. These, I think, were his like uh, third, second, and third fights in the UFC. I think they were both first round finishes. But then we saw him kind of taper mm-hmm. off once the quality of opponents got. Uh, like better and better and better you could see him taking a little bit more time with the fights but uh, yeah in this case I mean Gaethje you could arguably say next to Connor was his toughest test yet and he beat the fuck out of both of them literally like almost flawlessly
0: yeah I mean I mean to this day Connor's still the one who gave him a, like the most of a fight yeah you know what I mean but when you think about like what that even means I really just mean he stopped a takedown and landed a few punches. Yeah. And he was able to regain control in a couple positions on the ground. Yeah. And he won the third round, which could be probably took off. Yeah. Which he is known
1: to do, anyways.
0: Well, it, it, exactly. He did the same thing in the I fight. In so the
1: I kind of fight. Was, yeah.
0: yeah, where he was just happy, kind of like coasting along, you know, and yeah. then like. If Connor wanted to press him that was fine. That though I think like there was a moment where kind of where Connor kinda of started to put it on a little heavier and that was when could be like clinched it back up against the fence and, and then he wanted the four. Exactly. And um but like, you know, it's like you but Gaethje mounted aside from a few low kicks, zero offense. You know, yeah. he whiffed on his strikes, he um you know, he he, he kept throwing two like was, Gaethje kept being really off balance and I think part of that was he was trying to match the level changes with Khabib, because Khabib was doing a good job of like always like going up, down, up, down, up, down, yeah. so he didn't know when he was going to shoot. It, but like, could, Gaethje was just throwing that overhand like super wide, and it was like leaving. you he missed you, you know, a leaving his times,
1: pitch. too. He missed like three or oh, four times. Oh, yeah. he
0: in, in, in both times, his head was almost down at his waist. That yeah. was such a dangerous game to play against somebody like Khabib namar
1: Exactly, and I mean, I, I'm not going to talk too much shit about the people that picked Gaethje because obviously the performance that Gaethje gave us against Ferguson really showed us that he had the potential to beat Khabib because we've never seen Ferguson ever get his ass kicked like that. But that being said, I don't think a lot of people gave Khabib enough credit. The fact that he's 28-0 undefeated in the UFC with the resume that he has, I would never, ever in my wildest dreams have counted him out to lose his fight.
0: Well, yeah, well, I mean, and the truth is too. Like, as incredibly impressive as the win over Ferguson was, yeah, they are completely different fighters. Completely. And Ferguson could have, and Ferguson also didn't fight very smart. No. You know, he was trying to beat Gaethje at what Gaethje's good at, rather than playing to his own strengths. And so it's like I think a lot of people just fell prey to the brilliant hype machine the UFC puts out. Yeah. And you know, and, and it's also it's it's how it is with every undefeated champ, or, or with every like seemingly invincible champ. Yeah. People are doing the same thing with uh, John Jones, GSP, and Anderson Silva, where it's like this next guy is going to be the guy. Yeah. And if um, you know, I mean, the reality is, if we didn't, you know, if Khabib didn't retire after the fight, we'd probably be hearing in two weeks about how you know this time Conor McGregor is going to get him or something like yeah, that. You exactly. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, like. You know, because I mean, that's part of what makes it fun, is the speculation. Yeah. I mean, it, it both, while we like greatness, we like it when great, greatness falls too. Yeah. And so, like, so, you know, you want the challenger to win. That's why it's always a bit of a paradox. Because, like, on the one hand, you love seeing, you know, your Michael Jordans, your Tom Brady's, your, your GSP's. But on the other hand, you want a compelling challenger too yeah otherwise like otherwise it becomes boring exactly you know so it's like so you need like that balance yeah like that was the issue with 205 John Jones was too was too too dominant you know he made everybody else look stupid and you know and thus it made everybody not want to tune in because the result was just assumed exactly I think
1: Khabib (laughs) did the right thing I think he's he's riding off into the sunset I mean uh, I'm going to have to say it. I did predict a little bit in the previous episode yes, that he's he going to retire. I, ha- I have to say it. I have to say it. We've already talked about it, but I had to say it again. I did predict that he was going to retire. Um, it just makes sense. I mean, my reasons are yeah. obviously a little different than his reasons. Uh, his reasons were yeah. just plain and simple. I'm not fighting anymore with, without my dad in my corner, period.
0: Yeah. I, and, and, yeah, I didn't know that about his mom, that she was like, I don't want you to do it anymore if your dad's not going to be there. Yeah. Um, You know, and you know, and well, I would have still loved to see like a mega fight against GSP or him go up to welterweight and see what he could do there. Yeah, you know, I respect the hell out of the fact that he cleared out his division. You know, he's even said it himself. He's like. Well, Dustin and Connor are fighting next month. And I'm already choked out both of them, so I have no interest in fighting him. Who the again.
1: fuck else am I? At? Who is he supposed to do, fight himself? Are they going to fucking throw him in a, in a lab and clone him and just watch the two of them duke
0: it out, dude? I'd pay to watch that. I'd them. watch that fight. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch, watch that fight. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that. But, um, but, but it, that's, it, that is sort of the issue with uh, the way the UFC does things. Yeah. You know, because the downside of having the contenders always fight each other is that you're going to knock them off. Like yeah. if Tony is no longer a compelling fight.
1: Yeah. We already saw him
0: We just lose to Gaethje. Exactly. You know, it, while, the, while the boxing model is worse of having all prospects fight no-name chumps. Yeah. It's, it does take some storylines off the board to have, um, you know, to have your Justin Gaethjes and your Tony Ferguson's fight each other.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. And I think that uh, if I was Khabib, I'd do the same thing, bro. 29-0, and 0, you've cleared out your division like as far as activity is concerned you're the clear pound for pound best fighter on the planet right now speaking in terms of of activity you could argue about about a bunch of other guys but jones hasn't fought in a fucking long ass time he's vacated his title he's no longer ranked anywhere he's not ranked a heavyweight he's not ranked a light heavyweight like uh he's only ranked in the pound for pounds and i think in terms of activity like just for now we got to give that to khabib and uh I think he's number one lightweight over uh, BJ Penn. And if anyone has anything to say about it, oh, easy. you can call me out anytime and we'll, I'd be willing to debate. <laughs> I love BJ. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time also. But there's no way that uh, the resume and the quality of opponents that uh, Khabib has gone through now can uh, – he's got to be the, the number one pound-for-pound lightweight champion
0: ever. Oh, we, oh exactly. Ever. I mean, because aside from Tony, he's fought in B everybody else everybody. you know i mean you know maybe if dan hooker had been able to beat poyer we could be talking about that
1: but he's still at a I mean, god you
0: well 100 percent, yeah hooker wouldn't be able to do shit though like, yeah i still think the guy with the best shot would have been tony yeah but that fight just became immediately less compelling when um
1: the fight was cursed from the beginning, beginning.
0: Oh, it was yeah. The the last time they tried to make uh, God deliver a pandemic onto us, so yeah. no thank you. And the time
1: before that, <laughs> no. uh, Ferguson decided to trip over some wires in the studio with the sunglasses on and and fucking yeah. twist up his knee. So <laughs> I'm just tired. Like I don't even want to hear about that fight anymore. The fight's never. Oh, he,
0: oh exactly. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, yeah everyone's over it. Yeah. No thank you. <laughs> it's like Khabib you know we is, can do anybody. He's the, enemy. Enemy.
1: he's the number one, and this yeah. is it. If anyone wants to debate about it, slide into my line. Hit me up on my DMs <laughs> and fucking talk about it. Yeah, no
0: I mean, uh, oh, I, I, I mean, the reality is you can't make an argument for anybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he, you know, because the reality is, BJ Penn. While yes, he had that amazing run early. You know, God, at this point it was like twelve years ago. Yeah. Or you know, ten <laughs> years ago, something. Yeah. But um. But unfortunately, his losing seven in a row after, I feel like, will tarnish so much. I mean, the you fight know, against you know what GSP, I mean?
1: the, the wars against Matt Hughes, like, uh, like fair enough. Like, anyone that holds a victory over GSP, like, uh, or he doesn't. He, it was a, he lost. Okay, so he, did, he didn't beat GSP. Yes. I guess his only person that he's really beat with legend notoriety would have to be uh Hughes in the in the trilogy. Like he's fought some tough guys. He fought Leoto. He lost. So you know he's fought a bunch of guys. And you have to give BJ a lot of respect for like uh like literally not giving a shit about the weight class. He's gonna he'll yeah. he'll fucking fight you and he's he's a just a born natural fighter. But the resume and the winning streaks and just like the perfection into which Khabib did it. No one else is ever gonna do that besides what Jones is doing essentially. And even has an asterisks next to his name with the steroids. Where Khabib has nothing. Khabib has no no steroid talks, like no like pot. You know, none of these stupid like marijuana yep. suspensions. He's got nothing. He's literally just done it off wrestling bears in the mountains, like his own <laughs> fucking camp,
0: and like just beating the shit out of people. Absolutely, I would say the only potential thing that was missing from like Khabib's legacy. Would have been fights outside of his weight class. Exactly. That's like well, like all, like all of the other goats like have at least one. Like GSP came back and won at one eighty five. Yeah. Jones is now going up to heavyweight. Um, Anderson
1: Silva. You know, Demetrius fought at 05 and heavyweight. <laughs> it, it, it,
0: it, exactly. And then, um, even like Mighty Mouse fought at one thirty five. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like. So I, I would have liked to see him do, like, a couple, like, fun fights at 170, just sort of see how it goes. Yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, he's fucking 29-0. and 0. He's cleaned out anybody who could have potentially been a threat to his title at um, yeah. at 155. I mean, unless that fight with GSP did materialize, what else is there for him? And so There's like, nothing. And even if he were to beat GSP,
1: which God knows if he would have, uh, I think it's just a big gamble for the legacy. I think he's comfortable yeah. where he is. He's made a ton of money, dude. He lives a good life. Like, uh, yeah. I, I never what, want to see what, him back in the UFC.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see him hit thirty and zero. And now I wonder if like Style bender's is going to try and hit that. Yeah. And um, before he retires, though, that crazy bastard's already t- you know talking about fighting John Jones and stuff like that. So probably not. Yeah. Because like not. the people who kind of, like the people who have like the McGregor syndrome of I don't care who you are, I'm going to come and try and kick you in the face. Yeah. Those are the ones who end up taking L's. <laughs> and, um, exactly. Hell, will look at BJ Penn. <laughs> and, um, but, like, you know, whereas Khabib, who is just like, no, it's my division, I'm going to be champion of my division and prove him the best there is in that division. Yeah. Like, yeah, he had a lot of longevity there.
1: Exactly. And, uh, I mean, on to the GOAT, potential GOAT, one of my favorite fighters of all time. We've got the uh, grand finale of Anderson Silva's career coming up on uh, – First November. Yep. First, first fight of the card. We got Bobby Green coming back. I think this guy's fought. I think this is like his fourth fight this
0: year. Yeah, he's been doing great. Yeah, he's Most fighting Tiago Moises,
1: who uh, just yep. heel hooked Michael Johnson real quick in, in one of their first fights. So early on in the year. Yeah, Bobby Green's three 0 this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like a breakout year for him.
1: Yeah, he's got wins over Alan Patrick, Lando Venata, who's no slouch, and Clay Guido, who's obviously a veteran. So uh, fighting a guy like Moises who's kind of streaky in the UFC, two and one. Uh, haven't really seen much of Tiago except for that heel hook fight that he had against Michael Johnson earlier on in, in May. But uh, I think Bobby looks good and he's active this year, so I'll pick Bobby Green in this one. Yeah, I'll go
0: with Bobby too.
1: Um Maurice Green, we saw him. He's kind of having a big year as well. He's also kind of a streaking heavyweight that's kind of looking to find his groove. He's fighting uh, probably my least favorite fighter in the UFC, Greg Hardy. So uh, (laughs) let's see. Yeah, I I hate Hardy,
0: but I think I have to go with him on this.
1: Let's see. I think Maurice has got a pretty decent ground game. Uh, I think he's just got to be kind of weary of Greg Hardy. I think with the, the long kicks that he kind of used in that uh, Jean Valente fight, kind of keeping distance and just taking the fight down to the ground, let's see how it goes, but uh, i, agree. Also I mean, have to, yeah. I, I think just out of sheer respect for the power that Greg Hardy does have, I'll pick Hardy in this fight.
0: I mean, I will say if Hardy tries to fight a technical fight, Mo Green could win on decis- by decision. Yeah. You know, if he, like, keeps his up – Keeps his distance because, I mean, as big as Hardy is, Green might be a little longer. Yeah. You know, I've obviously never seen them together, but uh, Green's a very long, tall guy. Yeah. It's like if he could use his kicks, he's got good kicks. Got to keep him at range, keep him at at distance. And I could see him winning a decision, but I got to go with Hardy.
1: Yeah, I mean – To to the credit of Maurice Green, he's also moved his fight camp down to uh, Greg Jackson's and, like, uh, obviously training with guys like that. And if they're going to give you the the, the attention, at least, you know, and uh, which obviously they are because I don't think they got a lot of fighters uh, fighting on these cards lately, Um, you got to be improving, right? You have to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Maurice Green is such a likable guy. Yeah. And you know what? fuck yeah, it. I'm, I'm gonna go with Maurice Green. Yeah, let's <laughs> pick Maurice you know. Green. Submission round yeah, two. Yeah, fuck round. Greg. Yeah. yeah, fuck Greg. Yeah, fuck Greg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the next fight, another guy who's three and zero this year, uh, Kevin Holland. I mean, he's like oh, an yep, yep. Yeah, unassuming middleweight who's super active. He's fighting Mahmoud Muradov, who's like on a crazy, I don't know, like twelve fight win streak at this point, uh, only two of which are in the UFC. But uh, Kevin Holland looks fucking great this year. He's got wins over. Anthony Hernandez uh, Joaquin Buckley who just saw have that big spinning back kick knockout a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and he uh he beat Darren Stewart uh in uh late September so we've got a guy who's young, he's 3-0 this year. I don't know much about Mahmoud. His record says he's a fucking machine, but like we just discussed earlier, who knows how padded the record is, so Yeah, I'd have to I
0: would have to really like, take a deep dive on topology or something and research yeah. his guys. And I just don't want to do that. Yeah. So let's go with Holland. I'm going to pick Holland yeah, <laughs> out of just your yeah. experience from this
1: year. And he's a name that we know the next yep, fight to me is a little more compelling. Cause I love the, one of the guys that's fighting in it. It's uh co-main event, Andre Feely versus Bryce Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell. Fucking Reebok, get this man some camo shorts.
0: Yeah, oh, it's been – yeah, Brace Mitchell's such a fun guy to watch fight. I'm definitely going with him in this. And um, I I, I hope he pulls it out.
1: Me too. I mean, Feely is a tough guy, but he's also one of those guys that's always, like, hit or miss in his division. And as much as he is, like,
0: well-rounded,
1: he's not particularly great in any of – like, he's not exemplary in any of, like, uh, grappling, wrestling, Muay Thai, boxing. He's just kind of – a well-rounded mixed martial artist but there's nothing that really yeah. sticks him out from everybody else and i feel like this is kind of where he's uh he tapers off in some fights.
0: Yeah, i agree.
1: And Bryce Mitchell we all know he's a fucking wrecking machine on the ground so i'm picking Bryce. Oh Mitchell yeah, by twister round 1. Punch it in. <laughs>
0: nice. Punch uh, it in. I I, re- I respect that ambitious prediction.
1: <laughs> yeah, punch it in. Punch <laughs> that in. Uh <laughs> And then the main event, uh, I think we touched on it lightly last week, Uh, Uriah Hall, obviously coming off uh, the ultimate fighter, super tough guy, also very streaky, but nonetheless very talented, and uh, Anderson Silva probably, I would say, in the top three of my favorite fighters to ever do it, so his grand finale, he's old, he's done everything he's needed to do, solidified his his greatness, I'm excited to watch this
0: fight. Me too, yeah, I mean, he's... Because Silva's what, 45 now?
1: 45, dude, he's old.
0: Yeah, yeah, so he's 45. But you know what, he, as much as Uriah's got some use on him, I think, um, you know, I, I'm still going to pick Silva by decision. Yeah. I don't know if he could put Hall away, but I definitely think he could outpoint him. I mean, because, you know, people forget Silva's still interested in fucking Silva, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think Hall – as talented as he is, is kind of a pussy. Yeah. You know, at least he has a, at least he has a rich history of that. Exactly. So, and if we go down,
1: Silva's record, essentially, like the DS fight, he won, uh, but then it was overturned. Uh, the Bisping fight, you could have argued that he had won that fight also. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, I remember thinking the same.
1: Yeah. He almost (laughs) finished Daniel Cormier at light heavyweight in the three round fight, which is fucking crazy.
0: Yep, and, and that wasn't even a fight that you could argue Cormier wasn't in shape for. Silva yeah. wasn't in shape for. He yeah. stepped on short notice. Exactly. Silva he still put him away.
1: Yeah, Brunson, he won that fight, which is fair. <laughs> so you could say the only two fights that he's lost cleanly would be the last two, which is the Cannoneer fight and the Izzy fight, which is no shame at all yep. in losing against any of those guys. Absolutely. And Hall, on the other hand, I mean, he's kind of streaking at the moment, but he's also kind of fighting tomato cans.
0: Yep. Agreed.
1: I mean, let's look at his last fights. He beat Antonio Carlos Jr., who's, like, obviously a talented jujitsu guy by split decision, uh, and he beat Bevin Lewis. I have no idea who the fuck that is. So, I mean, I'm going to pick Anderson in this just because, you know, he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. And
0: the guy's Yeah, a I mean, well, I'm, yeah, and how do you not? You know what I mean, yeah. and I think the, I think they're just hoping this is going to be a fun um, striking fight, and I have no reason to think it won't be. I do, I'm not expecting Hall to showcase his wrestling here, no. <laughs> and, um, and so yeah, we'll probably see some cool kicks, and then my guess is either way it would be a win by decision. I don't think either one's putting away the other, yeah. and, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Silva.
1: Yeah, I'll pick Silva. It's gonna be like, uh, like a scene out of like a Street Fighter video game, dude. We're gonna see a lot of Hadoukens and like a lot of spinning kicks and a lot of crazy shit like that. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't even be oh, yeah. surprised if we saw some fireballs in the cage. Like, it's gonna be nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, no, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm mean, definitely gonna be my way to spend Halloween this year.
1: Absolutely, I'll actually be moving into my apartment that day, so uh, I'll try to watch that uh, early in the morning. So. Other than that, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Watch the fights coming up next weekend, and uh, thanks for the support. Cheers.